Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's webinar hosted by the Employee Ownership Association. I'm Deb Oxley, the Chief Executive of the Employee Ownership Association, and I'm joined today in this webinar by Ollie Smith, somebody that many of you will know who's our Head of Membership. And behind the scenes, helping us technically drive this is Hannah Welsh, Membership Manager. I'm really delighted that over 100 people registered for this morning's webinar, so I hope you all sat comfortably at home with a cup of coffee in your hand. Um, but before we start, I just want to say a massive thank you to all of you for taking time out today to join us in what is our first digital conversation with you. And also thank you to many of our members who have already started to share advice, information, best practice with us. Um, we'll say more about that later, but it just has reassured all of us and the team, you know, what a great collaborative employee ownership community we have out there, even though we're all working separately and we can't see each other. So, as I said, this is the first of our digital conversations with you, our members. Um, please do bear with us uh, because this is new. Um, many of you have complimented us in the past on the quality of the events that the EOA hosts. But actually, this is the first time that we have had to do this and we're really embracing it. There'll be a few technical glitches, I'm sure, but we will get better, I promise. So over the coming weeks, I'm sure it'll become very slick. So a few housekeeping rules first um, and opportunities for you to engage with us. At the bottom of your screen, if you run your cursor across your screen, you'll see a Q&A tab. If you click that and submit a question, um, then we'll be able to see your questions. Um, and actually, we'd like your thoughts and reflections. Just how are you at the moment? So any comments you've got, please do share them with us. It'll be really helpful for us to see what you're thinking uh, and particularly what you would like to hear more from the EOA over the coming weeks and months. There's also a hand function. If you click that, um, then Hannah will be able to help you if you've got any technical problems with accessing this webinar. Excuse me. With regards to questions, um, we are going to aim to answer as many of your questions today. Um, but if we can't, we'll be honest and say that we can't and we will go away and find those answers. And what we'll do is if you provide your question, as long as it's not anonymously, then we will provide you with a direct answer to your e email. But uh, what we'll also do is share all of today's questions and answers on our website. And in addition, at the end of this four to five minutes, there'll be a survey that we'll share. So really uh, encourage you, <coughs> excuse me, to take two minutes to fill that survey in. It will help us tremendously to understand what you're wanting from the EOA over the coming weeks and months. So whilst we've always been focused on connecting you, our members together, so you can learn from each other, <coughs> celebrating this innovative sector that is an employee ownership community and championing the sector with influencers. We have obviously understood that the world has changed, so we need to change what we're doing for you. So moving forwards, our focus over the next few weeks and months is going to be on supporting you so that you can learn from others, access the information that you need to help during this crisis signpost you to reputable trusted sources of technical advice and information so that you can avoid the misinformation uh, and that you can stay one step ahead 
and really importantly to listen to as many of your voices as we can to find out what you need from us over the next few weeks and months because these really are unprecedented times i don't need to tell you that you're all going through your own challenges and every business is facing different challenges you'll have heard like we have that there are some businesses that are absolutely inundated at the moment with demand those in the front line and yet there are other businesses where their order book has completely dried up and we continue to see stories of businesses adapting in the middle of all that changing what they're doing manufacturing new products changing how they support their customers and above all else protecting their employees i think probably for me the big um, message i've heard in the last two weeks is that businesses are very much focused at the moment on cash flow and people and of course the government's support in this space particularly around cash flow is absolutely critical <clears throat> and we want to make sure that you're aware of that support and know how to access it but it's moving so rapidly i can't quite believe i was thinking preparing for this morning just what's happened in the last week and a half in terms of the changing nature of this crisis if you go back to a week last monday we were all just starting to come to terms with this new phrase of social distancing then on tuesday the chancellor announced an enormous unprecedented package of financial support from 330 billion pounds and whilst that was very much welcomed by the economy by wednesday many businesses were saying that's good but just not good enough we need more so organizations like the cbi and the tuc amongst others worked with government and by friday we had the chancellor announce a once in a lifetime package of additional support and i thought it would just be worth just reminding you of what that is um, although you will find far more information about this in the new services that ollie will be talking about later probably the scheme that most of us are, uh, are now really trying to understand is the job retention scheme so this is a scheme whereby 80 percent of the salary of individuals up to two and a half thousand pounds per month can be paid for three months utilizing uh, a service that many of us will never have heard of until now furloughing staff now the details of that are still really to be understood and there seems to be still not absolute clarity on how and what that two and a half thousand pounds means per month but that is a real welcome package i think from government um, businesses another uh, part of the package was the opportunity to defer vat payments to the end of the current financial year although it has been advised by some of our advisors that if you have set your vat payments up on direct debit that you should still cancel those direct debits because HMRC will take it if the direct debit is set up. For those in the retail, hospitality and leisure sectors, which are arguably the first to be hit by this tragedy, um, they've had the opportunity to do a 12-month pause in business rates and the opportunity to access a grant of up to £25,000. And for the UK's £700,000 smallest businesses, there is a cash grant of up to £10,000, which is linked to business rates. The two products which I think um, many businesses will be interested in is in terms of securing cash flow is the new uh, coronavirus business interruption loan scheme, 
or Sybils as it's been referred to. This is a British business bank guaranteed scheme to provide loans through about 40 existing lenders of up to five million pounds interest fee for 12 months to businesses with turnover of less than 45 million pounds. And for larger businesses, there is the COVID-19 Corporate Financing Facility or the CCFF that is now referred to, and that's for lending for larger firms. Now, again, I think there seemingly are challenges in both of those schemes. I was reading this morning um, that there has been some challenge from businesses about the security that some of the banks are asking for around those schemes. I'm sure this is a moving feast. Um, and on top of the government announcing new support, we're expecting something today for the self-employed and looking at other possible sources of additional support moving forward. For example, in mainland Europe, uh, there has been financial support around reducing or uh, stopping pay-as-you-earn contributions and national insurance contributions. So um, that's the landscape. What can the EOA do to support you during these times and to add value that other organisations are not? We don't want to duplicate what other organisations are doing, but we do want to add something of value to you, our members. Well, this webinar today is our opportunity to start to explore that with you. Um, we want to tell you what we're doing already, and Ollie's going to put some flesh on the bones of that later on. But we want to hear from you um, about any specific requests that you've got um, and particularly around these webinars, what content you'd like to hear. So Ollie's going to be talking about the support and the signposting that we're going to be um, offering. Um, and we are constantly now in listening mode to understand what you want from us. As far as the team's concerned, we're all here working from our dining rooms, in my case, our lounges, our kitchens. Uh, and we can be contacted in exactly the same ways that you've always contacted us, by email, by phone, on social media, through the EO Hub. Uh, the team have been absolutely remarkable pulling everything together over the last two weeks since we took the decision for everybody to work from home. So I want to applaud their efforts and I'm sure they'll continue to support you um, over the coming weeks and months. And alongside them, there's the board and the membership council. They're still here supporting you. If you don't know who they are, you can go on the website and see who those people are that are representing your interests with the EOA. Um, and our board, of course, is meeting, I'll be virtually moving forward. And we are reviewing um, all planned EOA face-to-face -face events, as you might think, in the foreseeable future. Really importantly, we're also using our new relationships and the relationships we've been building since we published the ownership dividend with many of the UK's leading business organisations. Organisations like the CBI, the Federation of Small Business, the Inclusive Economy Partnership and sectoral bodies like the Managing Partners Forum and MAKE. Specifically with the CBI, the EOA is a trade association member, which means we get the opportunity to really engage at a senior level with the CBI, to listen to your concerns and to represent those with the CBI directly then into government. So that's a really important relationship for us moving forward. And as I say, we're building up and listening to feedback from you about what you want. Um, and I'll talk a little bit more about that later. 
So before we hand on or before I hand over to Ollie, I'm just looking at what questions we've had in. Um, so there is one question here, which is about what will the EOA, what will be the impact of the EOA conference? That's a really good question. Um, obviously, the, the conference is eight months away. Um, we haven't yet launched it. We would normally, in the normal circumstances, have launched it this week. Um, but we took the right decision not to launch for obvious reasons. We're working with our partner and the venue uh, currently to agree what are our options. And I guess what we need to do is review what happens over the next few weeks with regard to the current measures to limit the spread of this virus to see at what point we may return to some sort of economic normality and therefore at what point it's possible for us to make an announcement about whether or not the conference is taking place in November or whether or not we need to seek some sort of extension and postponement. Um, we will, of course, keep you informed throughout. Um, you'll be the first to know if and when we take a final decision on that. Um, I can see there's a couple of other questions coming in, but what I'll do is I'll now pass over to Ollie, let him talk to you more about some of the details of uh, the support and the signposting services we're offering. Um, and uh, whilst you're listening to him, if you have any questions, do put them on the, uh, the webinar and we'll be able to pick those up later. Good morning, everyone. Um, as Deb just explained, I'm going to give some more detail towards the um, EOA's response um, to, the, to the current situation and how yourselves and your colleagues are going to be able to benefit. Fundamentally, membership to the EOA, as we all know, has been about three major things. Um, sharing knowledge and learning from others, uh, connecting with organisations to get that specialist advice that's needed, and also connecting you with your peers in order to build up your networks of people that you can refer to. Those key objectives remain the same. The circumstances we have now obviously are very different, but we'll be working to deliver those key objectives in a, an adapted, a different way. I say the word adapted um, because as the majority of you will know, we sadly had to unfortunately cancel all the regional network meetings that were due to take place in um, March. Um, and it is unlikely, and we will, we won't be hosting the ones that are planned for June. Won't be hosting them as a physical meeting, but our intention is definitely to do this as a virtual. The content is there, we have case studies, we have panelists of experts, and we have great levels of professional advice. So whilst we might not be coming together on a quarterly basis in June, we will definitely be looking at how we can bring people together through our webinar content. So we're making, get, getting in touch with people in order to support us on that. What I'm gonna do now is just share with you some more detail that Deb has referred to around the signposting activity that we're gonna be doing. So in terms of signposting, Deb has referenced a number of um, organisations that the EOA is working with um, that are our key stakeholders. But that, that signposting, that content comes from various different sources, which I'm going to show you in a minute. That's from professional advice um, from our supporter members. We're looking at um, where we can get case study examples, because many of you will have tackled this challenge right now in a very proactive and efficient way. And we want to hear that. We've shared good news and best examples for years amongst the network. We want to continue doing that. But also we want to hear where you've had more challenges as well, because that is where people can learn and understand more. 
So we'll be signposting you for that type of content. And also, we've already started to gather in, as Deb mentioned, um, content from our key stakeholder organisations. And this stakeholder list will grow over a period of time. You'll, so, you'll see on that some UK-wide organisations um, within businesses, but also some sector-specific. Again, we'll be looking to grow that sector-specific content that's really relevant and adds value to what you're going to do. So what I'm going to do now is just share with you um, and launch to you uh, the, the latest web page that has just been set up. It's just been designed. Um, it's live as of now. And this is what is our information hub on COVID-19. So it's on the EOA website. We'll be sharing the details with it. What it does, it builds all that information, and that content together, signposting you towards it. You'll see in front of you now frequently, frequently asked questions. Again, those frequently asked questions will grow as this situation develops. And we'll be developing that in a way that's got some real um, EO-related content on there. As you can see, if I move further down, we've got a wealth of information from those key stakeholder organisations and also from some EOA members as well. If you have, as an organisation, content you think will be relevant and valuable for people to access, please do share that with us. In particular, some really specific EO-related information. What's the situation for trustees? As a trustee in my organisation, what are my duties and responsibilities now in this really challenging and significant time? There's a document on here that's been drafted by Robert Postlethwaite Flisters as a one-pager to give you some information for what you could use. So there's this and various other information that you'll, you'll be able to access going forward. What I'm going to do now is just take you back to our presentation. And as I've mentioned, that signposting and the information on the hub, I'm now going to talk to you about how we're going to support. Support is around the continuation of the webinars that we started last year. So we'll be doing webinars, a series of webinars, over the next foreseeable weeks and months on at least a weekly basis, each Thursday scheduled at 11 o'clock. I would strongly encourage you and the whole of the team encourage you to get involved with those yourself and your colleagues in order to see what content is on there. We're going to be using the hub. If you haven't got a profile on the hub, I would certainly encourage you to do so. You can access it via the EOA website and particularly the EO Hub Forum. So we've now just set up a discussion group on COVID-19. Um, within that, it allows you to ask your questions and it allow people to post their responses specific to this and build up the level of experiences that people are having. So again, I would encourage you to get involved with that. We'll be sending the weekly newsletter to you, EOA News and Events. That'll be sent. Again, share that with people that within your business. That'll have all relevant and content information. And again, signposting you to more information that you can access. And as Deb said, we're here. The EOA is very much open for business, looking to do everything we possibly can. Get in touch with us via email or pick up the phone. That's absolutely fine. In addition, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. That's where we'll be sharing our updates and our content as well. And specifically on those webinars, I mentioned they're going to be weekly, at least. We'll see how we develop that program over a period of time. The content is very much informed by you. That's always been our approach. 
we want to deliver relevant content that the EOA network wants to hear. So if you've got something you want to hear about, please do tell us. And if you've got stories you want to share, again, let us know about that because that's the best practice. We'll be answering your questions. and We don't just answer questions on a weekly webinar. Please do get in touch with us and share them at any point. It is very much your opportunity to get involved. And fundamentally, what we're looking to do is keep the EOA community together. So through signposting you to relevant information, through supporting you through the, the, the um, services that we have to offer, this is what we will be doing going forward to support you as an, as an organisation. I'll now just hand you back over to Deb, who will share some more details with you. Okay, thanks, Holly. Um, gosh, that was impressive. Only moving between presentations, live web pages, back to video. Um, fantastic. If I had a, a little clap hand now, I'd probably clap, but I think I'll just do a clap like that. Well done, Ollie. Um, so whilst uh, Ollie was presenting, we've had a couple of uh, questions, um, which I'm going to pick up now. Uh, so first question from Donald Moore at Rollington um, uh, about personal guarantees that the banks are looking like they're asking for and how difficult that might be for employee-owned companies. Um, it's a great point and I was reading about that this morning on the BBC website. We've also been contacted uh, by at least one member who is looking for bank finance uh, using the CCFF, the COVID-19 corporate finance facility. Um, I can see that this is going to become an issue. It's been raised in Parliament yesterday. What would be really helpful um, is if any of you are experiencing challenges, so you've got direct experience of where you've approached a bank using either the um, corporate financing facility or the uh, business interruption loan scheme, and you have been told you need to provide personal guarantees, if you can provide that information back to us, it will allow us to take that through, probably back through the CBI actually, who have got a seat at the table with government, um, who are monitoring all of these schemes as they work. Um, so if you can, let us know directly using emails as usual, send them to me directly or to Ollie, uh, and we'll collate all of that information together. Um, second question has come in um, about how are we coping as a team and what um, tools are we using uh, now that we're all working from home? Um, well, it's, it's fair to say it's been a journey um, and we're still on it. Um, we moved to home working completely as of the middle of last week. Um, this has been very new for some of the team who are not used to working from home. So a bigger challenge probably, but a challenge for all of us because we are all now isolated. Uh, none of us are like you, able to see each other for a coffee. Um, so what have we been doing? Well, first of all, we started using some new tools. So we're using Microsoft Teams. Um, that's been entertaining. Um, the first time we did a proper team meeting this Monday, um, we were all in different places. Uh, we're not sure if we're going to keep with Microsoft Teams for our team meetings because we can only see four people at a time at the moment and there's nine of us in the team. So we may use this product instead, uh, Zoom, because you can actually create uh, a bigger community on this where you can all see each other. Um, in terms of some new protocols, 
uh, we're checking in with each other uh, on a daily basis, um, morning and afternoon. Uh, we have a weekly team meeting on a Monday and we're allowing people as part of that to uh, chat like they would do around the water cooler. So, you know, have your coffee morning or your water cooler moment as well as focus on topics. Um, uh, and of course, we're very consciously aware that this is really difficult for everybody. We're all in different circumstances. Some people have got caring responsibilities, juggling uh, family, whether it's parents or children, um, dogs, cats, we've got all of that going on. So we are very aware that this requires flexibility. And it's really an exercise in trust. It's really about how can uh, we support our team to do the best they can possibly do in what are incredibly difficult circumstances. And that exercise in trust goes both ways. So, you know, it's me and the team trusting each other, um, you trusting us that we'd, we're working in your best interest. Um, and of course, encouraging breaks as well. Um, I'm probably one of the worst culprits of sitting myself in this dining room for most of the day. Um, but getting outside now, the weather is quite nice. Maybe taking that one bit of exercise a day that we're allowed to. If you're fortunate enough to have a garden, just going and getting a wander around the garden for an hour. So those are some of the things we're doing. Um, I hope that's been helpful. Um, well, let's just move on. Uh, we've got about 20 minutes left. And um, I wanted to just say a little bit more about the webinars that Ollie mentioned earlier. So um, this will be a primary mechanism now for us to uh, engage with you as our members. It'll give us a regular chance to uh, both catch up with you, connect in with you, and to provide some new topics. And we're hoping, as I said earlier, to make sure that these are complementary topics to what's already uh, out there. So we're not duplicating and we're not seeking to duplicate what others are doing. So we're developing um, our ideas about what those topics might be, but this really needs to be informed by you. I think we think we need to be focusing on topics through an employee ownership lens um, and also to share through these webinars best practice. So um, Ollie's already shown you some content on the new web page. And so the topics I guess we'll be looking at are things like the role of trustees during this crisis, maybe leadership in employer-owned businesses during this crisis or communications. Um, and because this is very much a human crisis and of course there's the health and the economic elements to this, but it's really affecting people. We also wanna focus on the people element. So this will be about things like how do we ensure the mental health and well-being of all employees when they're dealing with working from home, caring responsibilities, maybe being in isolation, maybe managing excess demand or maybe covering for absent colleagues. And employee engagement, there's another topic which is a very human-centred um, topic. So if you haven't already thought about topics you would like us to cover and you haven't shared those with us, please do that before the end of this webinar, either using the question facility now or remember to fill the survey in at the end. Um, and the other thing I wanted to say is that go back to what we're doing about representing you as our members. Um, we have this unique opportunity now to really take what your concerns are back into government, working with some of our specialist advisors, working with organisations like the CBI um, and really prioritising trying to have our voice heard with 
government around topics like the one that Donald has just raised, which is the need for security um, or personal guarantees that the banks seem to be asking for. So that ability to represent you to lobby government will become a new priority for us over the coming weeks. And especially as some of these schemes of support are um, taken into their implementation stage. So this is when the problems will occur and we'll start to see how what the government intended to happen is maybe not happening in practice. And we'll need to pick that up early so we can represent your interests. Um, I've got some more questions coming through here. Um, uh, again, somebody asking about mental and emotional welfare and best practice. Um, I think Val King has raised this one. Yeah, absolutely. I and everybody, I think, recognises that that arguably is as big a challenge as the economic challenge that we're all facing. And straight after this webinar, Ollie, Hannah and I um, are going to be gathering together to pull together a list of topics that we want to bring forward quickly in these webinars. And I can see that that is a priority. So we will be taking that. So if, again, if you've got an interest in this, which I'm sure most of you have, that will be a topic uh, webinar that you might wanna log on to. But really importantly, we want to hear your stories. What are you doing in this space to help secure and look after and protect the well-being of your employees? If you've got something that you've started doing or something that you've stopped doing to support that, we'd like to hear about it because it would make for a really interesting uh, topic to share with others. Um, just before I close, a uh, really important question here um, about membership fees. Um, somebody's asked, my membership fees coming up for renewal, how can we stay part of the network whilst cash flow, cash flow is a major issue? So we are, of course, very tuned in to the challenge that many of your, you are having around cash flow. Um, and we will, of course, be very considerate of that as we move forward. As most of you know, we are entirely reliant on membership fees. So um, we will be reviewing this very shortly with our Finance and Audit Committee and with the main board to take a view of what our responsibility should be to you, our members, in the short term as individual businesses and also our responsibility to the EOA in the long term. We, like you, want the EOA to come out of this crisis in a safe and robust position, but we are obviously very aware and sensitive to the individual needs of businesses, especially smaller ones. So um, we will be making a, a statement on this in the next couple of weeks. So if you can hold with us at the moment, our absolute imperative is to keep this community together. So at every cost, we will look to ensure that all of you can benefit from the services that we are able to offer. And that's why all of our content will be freely available to everyone. So we'll be doing that through our website. We don't want to restrict that to um, anybody. We want to make sure that you've all got access to that information. Um, I'll just check to see if there are any more questions. Um, oh, there's an interesting question. Any intelligence to share about government procurement for those who have primarily served the public sector? We're hearing that procurement rules are being loosened up, but some concerns about how this will play out for SMEs and bigger corporates. I'm really sorry, Lucy, I haven't got any information or insight on that, but that will be one of those questions 
we'll take away, we'll see if we can get a response to that from one or more of our advisors. Um, and we will share that with you directly, Lucy, but also with everybody after the webinar. If there are any advisors on the call today, and I think there are, if um, you haven't already got in contact with us and let us know um, what you're willing to support and able to provide in terms of additional support during this time, please do. Um, Ollie and Hannah are keen to hear about anybody who is willing to uh, help us with this representation into government and to gather the technical information that many of our members are looking for. And Deb, just to, just to add a point with that final question that came in, if that's a similar question that other people have had, how uh, have in addition to Lucy, please do let us know, because the more people asking that question, the more likelihood we can get uh, an answer or a response to that as well. Yeah, absolutely, Ollie. Thank you. Um, Oh, another interesting question. Uh, this is about this new term of furloughing um, employees. Is it possible to furlough directors of limited companies and whether holding shares will cause any problems? Again, I'm sorry, Amber, I don't know the answer to that. Um, we'll take that one away. We will find, if we possibly can, an answer. I know there is currently uh, quite a lot of, um, lack of clarity i would say around exactly how the job retention scheme is going to work um, i read an interesting note on the icaw's website yesterday about this where they had um, put as much up-to-date information as they possibly could together i think that link is on our new covid19 web page um, but however we will as i say come back to you with specific links and answers where we can provide these are exactly the sort of questions that we were hoping to generate through this webinar um, and we will come back to you in the best way we can with those answers and deb just a point there for, for amber and amber we could do this on your behalf if you wish that's a great question for the eo hub forum if you posted that in there all these 100 plus people that are on this webinar would have the opportunity to respond if they've got some thoughts and also the 1300 people that access the hub, the hub already they might have a view on that as well so you could collate some answers and get some responses that way around if you want us to do that on your behalf please do let us know we can or alternatively yourself or anybody that's got a question can use the hub in order to get some answers okay um i don't think there are any more questions at the moment ollie so um Firstly, thank you again for joining this webinar. Um, as you can see, uh, we're learning ourselves how to do this and we will get better at it. The next one is definitely going to include some case study materials. So you'll get a link at the end of this uh, webinar showing you how to log on for next week's webinar, which is on Thursday at 11 o'clock, which will be about job retention with case studies um, from uh, Rollinson Knitwear and WCF about how uh, they are using some bespoke schemes to uh, retain staff, but also how one of them, WCF, has accessed the job retention scheme to do that. Um, these are really difficult times, uh, massively challenging for all of you. Um, and there's clearly more clarity needed from government about how some of these schemes will work. But, you know, this is a sector which has the DNA of success. 
these businesses have already businesses like yours have got the advantage of everybody being in it together and you've heard us say previously that these businesses are more resilient and we already know that we've seen examples of many businesses taking tough decisions in order to preserve both the, the business and the employees for the long term we know these businesses are more innovative uh, we've heard this week of one of our businesses, Scott Barder, inventing a whole new product in 10 days, um, a product for hand sanitizers. And we know that as businesses, you engage far better with your employees. And just having that level of trust and transparency with people will undoubtedly help both in the short term and in the long term. And throughout all of this, I would just want to reinforce the EOA, me, the team, the board, the membership council, we're all here to help, to listen and to support in whatever way we can. To keep signposting, supporting and listening to you in order that we keep this really important employer-owned community together and alive throughout this crisis. So stay safe, look forward to seeing you at next week's webinar, hopefully, and have a good day. Thank you very much, everyone.